Welcome to the Hotter Than Health podcast, a podcast and resource for those looking to expand and elevate their lives. Each week, we will bring you provocative topics, engaging interviews, and some of the biggest names in health and wellness to answer your burning questions. Each episode, you will leave with tangible tips and takeaways so that you can immediately begin to elevate and optimize your life. There's a, you'll see a whole row of bottles. It's a red and green label with a pour spout. Oh, I we and those we have, are, my old roommates used to buy the bottles from Amazon. Well, research how those are made. You'll never drink them again. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Hotter Than Health. This is part two of the coffee episode. We talk all about what is in your coffee, what you don't know that's in your coffee, what's in your fruit. Should we be buying fruit? How do we run a business? How is it working with your partner? How is it building a family and holding schooling kids? We go everywhere in this episode. I hope you all loved last week's episode with Rick. He was just so entertaining, a natural born storyteller like I mentioned. But speaking of storyteller, I am not in I'm not feeling linear today, feeling a little bit chaotic, meaning that for the past few days, I've started my mornings really slow, had such great morning routines. I had great workouts. I'm feeling alive, healthy, alert, but there is just something about having so much flexibility with your time that you don't get shit done. And you think, oh, well, if I had more time in the day, I would do this, this, this. Okay. When you're presented with that time, you're not going to do this, this, and this. I can tell you five different things that I could do right now that either cost me money that I don't want to spend because I'm spending money on Christmas gifts or that I think, oh, well, I don't have, basically, I don't have a gun to my head and telling me that I need to have something done at a certain deadline. So uh, procrastination. I'm sure everyone can relate to that. I feel like I get so much done the more I have to do. So if anybody needs an errand run, feel free to let me know. And perhaps then I will get some of my own things done as well. Speaking of procrastination, small tangent. Before I got onto this podcast, this is it. This is how you know that our world is, we are just in a simulation. Uh, it is wild because I just read an, or I just read something the other day talking about how in, I believe it's in China that they push out a different version of TikTok to their country. They push out a different version supposedly of TikTok that if you are below the age of, I think, 15, the TikToks videos that you see are, they're maybe experiments that you can do at home. They're informational videos of animals. They're talking about the earth and travel and math, whatever they're talking about. They're talking about things that actually fuel your brain, not just going through quotes from Schitt's Creek, which was what I was just doing. And also the algorithm that they push out in China is apparently, uh, well, allegedly, it is capping people at around 40 to 45 minutes. I just spent 40 minutes I'm sorry, realistically, I spent about 20 minutes on TikTok listening to the same audio for 15 minutes trying to make a stupid video because it's just now that's in my culture and in my blood and apparently part of my job. But it is wild to me that in our country, 
we spend four hours out of our day on TikTok or social media. I, the, it is idle hands truly are the devil's playground. I need to go get another hobby. I need to start, but it's so cold outside. Normally I would go for a walk, but you know, complaining year. It's 50 degrees in Charleston. Some people are, I know some people are freezing. Some people are dying, Kim, but this is still cold for us. And I'm one of those people where if my bones get cold, I am cold for the day. It, I have to go like bathe in a hot tub to warm myself back up or get an infrared sauna. Speaking of infrared sauna, we are going to have a fun guest on in the coming months. Spoiler alert. Either way, I just thought I would let you all know that I have had a very unproductive day. <laughs> and this is quite literally the most productive five minutes of my day. Without further ado, before we get into today's episode, thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the support and the love for the podcast. Now, what I need you to do is get on your phone, get your thumb and your pointer finger, take a screenshot because if you're listening to this, you can easily do that. And guess what? We're choosing three winners. And guess what? Interaction, let's just say a podcast gets a million downloads a month. An episode gets a million downloads a month. The likelihood of someone sharing or taking a screenshot or engaging in that episode is less than 5%. It's maybe 10%. So when I, when I tell you, you can still win this giveaway, you can. This isn't one of those, oh, well, you know, I never win anything situation. Enter in and we will make something happen. And not out of desperation, but more a matter of I it is so interesting to see how many people would actually enter into a giveaway. But <clears throat> oh, you see that my voice just shifted because of because I guess my bones got cold, but in all reality I am sitting on a heater. Uh, a literal uh, heater that people would use for PMS cramps, but I'm using it for my hamstrings because they're tired and need to stay loose for this frigid freezing cold I'm about to go on. But it's wild to me the the lack of engagement that comes from people believing that they will not win, that they aren't quote unquote good enough or that they won't make the cut or it will go unnoticed or unseen. So thumb, pointer, finger, screenshot, and all you have to do is take a picture like that and set it on your social media. Everyone who's listening to this likely follows us on Instagram. So let us know you're listening to this episode. Tag Hotter Than Health and you're entered in to win three incredible bags of shade-raised organic coffee. And if you drink coffee every single day, and I have said this time and time again on the podcast, if you drink coffee every single day or even a couple times per week, the fact that you may not know what is in that coffee or it might have pesticides in it, it's not organic, and it's something that you are ingesting every single day, we got to rewind. We got to reverse. So you may as well win yourself three amazing bags of this coffee plus some fruit. And if you want to save a bag for yourself and give away two for Christmas, I think that's what I'm going to do. I just ordered a couple of bags the other day and I'm so excited. But like I said, you will be entered in to win if you just share and tag Hotter Than Health. Let us know you're listening to this episode and you'll be entered in to win some shade-raised goodies. <clears throat> Either way, I am so excited for you to hear the later part of this episode. We had so much fun and truly this is one of the greatest companies, family-owned, family-run businesses that I've had the pleasure of getting to know. So, so much fun and it will be 
the week of Thanksgiving that this comes out. So if you have plans for Thanksgiving, I hope you have a great time. If you have Friendsgiving plans, if you are going solo, I know I did that a couple years ago and it was awesome. I loved doing a solo Thanksgiving. Everyone was out of town and I just like went for long walks by myself and maybe some people would think that's depressing, depressing, but sadness is a choice sometimes. But Either way, if you are feeling any type of way about the holidays, just know that you can make this day whatever you want it to be. If you want it to be a day of still eating healthy and then having, you know, one meal that's a little more indulgent but not spending the whole day. If you don't feel like drinking, don't drink. If you feel like drinking at 9 a.m., go have a glass of Cabernet at 9 a.m. Like, we we care, you know, 80-20. But I also want to put it out there that I do recognize that the holidays can bring up a lot for people. And whether that is being more of an empathetic person and you're surrounding yourself with a lot of energy and a lot of different energies that you aren't often surrounded with, it can be a lot. So instead of trying to insert yourself into these situations and anticipate stress or anxiety or just being out of your normal routine, anticipate that you will set aside five minutes to yourself every day in the morning and maybe even again in the afternoon. Excuse yourself. Take a moment to yourself to gather your thoughts, to, you know, have a mini panic attack in the bathroom is what I typically do. I'm like counting all of the (laughs) stripes on the wallpaper in the guest room. Um, And do what you got to do to take care of you. I was listening to Melissa Woodhealth this morning and I just love her phrase that she says to herself every morning. She says, how bad do you want to feel good? And I don't think that holidays are exceptions for that saying. How bad do you want to feel good? So I encourage you this week as we enter into Thanksgiving to still do what you need to to feel good. Don't feel like you need to go out and spend crazy amounts of money to, you know, have the perfect gift for someone. Don't feel like you need to eat every single thing that's on your plate. Don't feel like you can't go back and get thirds or fourth. Do what you want to do, but make sure you're asking yourself, do I really want to do this? Or is this something that is going on with the crowd? Is this just something I normally do? Is this something I'm conditioned to do? It's a cool time to be reflective because when we're thrown back into family time and when we're going, we almost regress into our old self. And sometimes that can be really comforting and fun and happy. And that's great. But if you end up getting a little more anxious around these times, just know that you are an evolved person and you know what you need to do to feel good. So I encourage you to do so without shame and, you know, own it. That's your little boundary. Wow. Okay. Enough of that. I'm going to go back to sitting on this. Oh my God. You know, what's great right now though. I will say my bones are not cold because I'm drinking this shade raised organic coffee and it's piping hot. I like my coffee hot as hell. I'm like "Mm, real hot. So I'm drinking my shade raised organic coffee. I have some malk in there. I did a little MCT oil and then I mixed it with some decaf. I did a little bit of decaf in there, but I'm also sitting on a heating pad. So she is toasty. She's feeling good. She's alive. She's awake. She's alert. It's Friday. I'm recording this introduction. So go out, have yourself a damn good weekend and a great week. Enjoy. I will talk to you on Thursday. Ernie, we just set up a business. We got a label with your daughter's name on it and on and on and on. 
And I said, what am I going to do? And he says, I'm going to give you a name. Oh, nice to meet you, and Roberto. That's the rest of the story. He gave me Roberto's name because Roberto had a reputation in Costa Rica as one of the best and oldest organic farms. And we, I, I at the time knew nothing about it because I'd Ernie's was the first farm we'd we'd been exposed to. So that was how Roberto and I eventually two years later became friends mm. i helped him rebuild his his hydroelectric plant in the early 2000s and it's become a very good relationship family-wise yeah my daughters have both been there and spent time without us on the farm um he's been to our home in coast in uh in north carolina um i've spent Christmas, where I was the only non-family member at the Christmas party for mm. years, because I would be down there quite often. Yeah. I love that it's a family business, but even to go back slightly, in your entrepreneurial mind, you knew this taste, and you knew it so well, you knew that this was solving a problem, and you said, I need to get this to other people. And what I love about what you did was your decision-making process was not a process. It was just a gut instinct. It was your instinct. And that is the sign of, I mean, not the sign of a good father, but I mean, <laughs> all of the decisions that you have made, it sounds like it's not like you're you're hesitating, you're going back and you're doing all this research and you're pinching numbers and you're uh, trying to make it work. You're forcing. It sounds like it's more of a gut instinct and you're going with your intuition, which has guided you to where you are now. Well, if you're going to work for yourself, you've got to trust your heart. Yeah. Because otherwise people are going to know that mm -hmm. you don't believe in what you're doing. That brings up a good point. People are going to know. People will be able to tell. You said that you guys used to go to Starbucks and Caribou and all these different coffee places for coffee, and that was good. As a consumer, you can see things change. You can see them taking steps away from where they originated in order to grow. I understand that those two things might not always be able to be happening at the same time. This is not to shit on any other companies. Can you tell us about what the difference is, taste, longevity, process, everything, what you know about mass-produced coffee beans that have pesticides in comparison to the organic farm that you work with, with no pesticides and none of the preservatives and gnarliness. Let's talk about what or organics and coffee is not necessarily about pesticides. It's why you need pesticides. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop back to 1970. In the 70s, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, in their all-knowing being, started trying to help agricultural projects in Central America, not just Costa Rica, but Nicaragua, Guatemala. They said, you, you need the help of the U.S. government to be stronger economically through agriculture. I won't even begin to talk about what they did with bananas. They decimated thousands of acres. And if anyone wants to try to find the book Banana Wars, it will detail what 
the U.S. companies did in their quest to bring cheap bananas to the U.S. Mm. At the same time, they went to coffee growers and said, hey, guys, you've got all these other trees on your coffee farms. They're taking up space. You need to get rid of the trees and just plant coffee because right now a third or a quarter of your land is not producing. So a lot of these coffee growers went out and they cut down the, the other trees on their coffee farm. And lo and behold, within a couple of years, <clears throat> an acre or a hectare of coffee was producing 20 to 30% more coffee than it was before they took the trees down. And everyone said, wow, this is good. We're making more money with the same amount of land. Well, all of a sudden, about another two or three years later, in the mid to late 70s, some things started to happen. Bugs. Mm. More importantly, the coffee started to change. The flavor of the coffee was not what it was before. Coffee, they found out, needed shade. Couldn't be exposed to the sun all day long. But they all got rid of all the trees, and so... And, and, and birds will not nest in coffee trees. They're not tall enough. So part of a sh the reason shade raised is shade raised is because it's a, it's a, a culture, mm -hmm. not a monoculture. It's a full culture. It's got coffee. It's got Perot trees. It's got banana. It's got ficus trees. It's yes, an ecosystem. It's a total ecosystem. The tr and, and we have very little need for pesticides on our farm. Our biggest problem is not insects, it's disease. So organics, it's a great philosophy, but it's more that you're letting the ecosystem survive. The coffee is healthier and mm. produces a better cup. The end result is we always want a better cup. We don't care about, pr I mean, production has to be meaningful. You can't just nurture one tree yeah. and think you're going to make a living. You can't. You've got to nurture a whole farm. It's like feeding one type of gut bacteria instead of having a variety exactly. of different fruits and vegetables in your exactly. diet. Interesting. And well, what you just said is also a huge life lesson. And two is, is when you stick to, it's not, it's not being hard headed, but it's sticking to your vision and it's saying, well, we aren't going to be motivated out of fear. And I think that a lot of times people are made to feel or companies are made to feel that they don't know what's right for their business. They don't know they're being set up in the sense, hey, well, we think that if you actually want to make money, then in two years, all of this land is going to be shit. You're, you're going to have to change something now. Hmm. It sounds like not many companies stuck to their guns. And they said, okay, let's get rid of all the trees. And they're thinking instant gratification. But it's the same as with nutrition, with exercise. You don't see results after the first day, first week, month, year. The real results come after years of consistency. Same goes as with problems. It's not just having one glass of wine a night because that's what that'll turn into two. That'll turn into your sleep not not being great. Then your mind is not as clear. And then you can have other issues of inflammation and deterioration, cellular, all of these issues. So all of these things take time. 
it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone if they're being motivated by fear and making those impulsive decisions that they know are actually not great. They've, those people had that gut feeling, but when you make those decisions, you find out way later. (laughs) You, and farming is, you know, God bless them because farming is really hard. Yeah. And I, I could totally understand why good people thought upping their production was going to be a good thing because they didn't know differently. Yeah. They didn't know all the agronomics. And this Most is not to say farms, I know best. I make m- mistakes constantly. Right. <laughs> well, we Constant. all do. Yeah. That's how you learn. And most of the farms that are still in existence that were full sun farms or monocultures have replanted. Mm-hmm. They're doing what La Mastad has been doing since the 30s. You know, Good. it's it, it's um, the proof's in the pudding. And, and you, you might, in the long run, you're not spending money on chemicals and fertilizers because you're naturally fertilizing and you don't have a pest problem so maybe you don't have as many pounds of coffee per per area but you probably didn't spend as much money to grow that coffee yeah the amount might be different but the ratios are still the same right you know quality is there and the quality is reflected in the price that the green beans sell for i will say though i when I first met Sam, and I remember this, it was when we were working at Hilo, this was years ago, and she mentioned her family had a coffee business, and I was like, okay, great, I know, I don't even know you, hello, hello, and I remember you gave me a bag, or you gave someone a bag, and I was like, oh my god, I would love to buy this for a couple people for Christmas. It wasn't insane. I, I, I see coffee brands all the time that are just white labeling coffee, any coffee ever, and it's much more expensive so you guys are it sounds like you're doing a really great thing for your consumer we are you're thoughtful without (laughs) blowing my own we are because of one thing and liz just made a note we're a vertical company we work directly with most of our farm we don't just sell costa rican coffee we sell other coffees but most of our relationships are what we call direct trade Mm -hmm. so there's not a middleman involved and you know one thing i i pride Liz and I on is we figured out how to run a company effectively but efficiently Mm -hmm. so we keep our costs at a minimum and we're able to produce a great product because we're buying great green beans and I'm going to digress I want to talk about something you asked me earlier about getting from the plant to the cup Mm -hmm. and if it's okay we'll just briefly go through it because most people this is your stage rick <laughs> think that the most important thing in in coffee is the roasting and most people that have been in the business a while and growers included will say that's far from the truth roasting has two p- parameters heat and time very easy to control two parameters growing coffee and getting it from the nursery to the green bean that I roast is much more involved and much more important to the finished cup. Mm. Coffee milling, and I and anyone that's really interested in where their coffee comes from should do some research on what it takes to take a coffee cherry to the point where it's a green bean ready for a roaster to roast. Because that 
is probably the most critical thing in coffee production mm -hmm. next to where the coffee is grown. Okay. The, the so it's basically not how you slice the meat. It's how what the, what the cow ate first and the environment that it was raised in and, and then the... Pro yeah. Okay. How it was butchered. Yeah, about how it was butchered, that process. So... This is for... Just to... Analogies are good. Yeah. So a coffee mill is, is an, an amazing place to be at, and I'm not going to try to describe it because it's, it's indescribable, except anyone that likes mechanics and the nature of, of a little piece of fruit, and a, and a coffee cherry is literally that. It's a little piece of fruit getting stripped of its skin and its meat and exposed to the seed exposed and washed and cleaned and getting dried properly huh. will understand that that is that's where where it's all about and also being grown at the right altitude mm. the soil um nurturing the soil properly so we couldn't just say oh gosh i'm in charleston and i want to start a coffee company and you start you know you could start the company but finding the coffee would be got it there's so since when we started doing business in costa rica i in our region alone i would have to say that coffee production is down over 50 percent mm. there's since that when? much less in the, especially in the last five years yeah due to disease mm. and and interesting it's a tough business that i mean that's why coast Costa Rican coffees are getting pretty expensive. Oh, got it. Well, thank God you're giving us three bags to give away. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, don't worry. I won't forget. Maybe we'll only do two bags. I don't uh, know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take the third. Thank you. Um, but here's, here's what I'll also ask. When it comes to coffee, when it comes to coffee, give me the definition and understanding of should I be drinking light roast? dark roast what's the difference and also then i want to touch on decaf because i'm the one percent this is probably not nobody in this who's listening to this podcast right now is like oh can we hear about decaf well there's but some I wanna, good decafs out there I, well i want to talk about the process too but when it comes to light or dark roast i see that all the time and i have uh, bleh, no idea what it means all right they're all different i mean like i said it's temperature and time mm. if you take too long to roast a coffee you bake it it ruins the coffee if you cook it too fast you do the same thing you don't let the the flavors develop so it's it's much knowing your equipment how to bring the, the beans up to the right temperature and when that coffee is going to develop its best attributes mm. and flavor profile so two things happen as you roast coffee the darker you roast a coffee, you get rid of the bad traits or the bad flavor notes, and you also get rid of the good flavor notes. Okay. So a really fine, what we call a estate gourmet coffee, it should never get a dark roast. Okay, okay. A light roast or a medium roast, is, which is what, what we do, because I roast to my personal preference, to be honest. We we do what we like because it's always worked. <laughs> so, um, well, then I'm sorry. Why would anyone want dark roast? Because I, if you're selling a coffee that's inferior, oh, you get rid of the shitty. You tones. get rid of the. Okay. You 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 develop 
a generic coffee, a, car, a kind of a burnt caramel taste, which a lot of the quote-unquote big coffee companies have made a gazillion dollars on. Yeah, I was going to say, well, if you say caramel and I'm sold, you know, it, it, it's the it's however they market it, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I mean, and like we said, most people that are drinking those coffees are are doctoring them. Uh, either yeah. with just milk or with some some you know whatever mm-hmm. they're sweetening it they're they're changing it dramatically yeah you know a lot of and and so it sounds uh, like almost if you put if you have a cu- two cups of black coffee that are the exact same putting putting stevia in one and then regular maybe coconut sugar that's a little bit more smooth and then bitter from the stevia Maybe that's just how my brain needs to process I, it. You know, I don't have a problem with adding a little bit. I mean, straight black coffee is an acquired taste. Agreed. It, it's not something I can drink all the time. Personally, I use probably a teaspoon of skim milk mm. in a cup of coffee just to take the edge off that what, what black coffee tastes like. Yeah. Um, okay. I Now I have a... What is the word I'm thinking of? A uh, a practical question. I use a French press. I love it. I love the process of it. It's so fun. It's beautiful on my counter. But so my boyfriend wakes up really, really early. And I like to have the coffee made for him in the morning so that, and he likes it cold. So it doesn't need to be hot in the morning. I make it at night. I do three or four scoops at the bottom of a big French press. And then I boil water probably too hot and then put I fill it up and then I do the press but I don't press it at night and I wait until over the morning that means it's sitting for about eight hours wow. is that way too uh-oh tell me okay so you know how you've been thinking about getting a greens powder you're thinking oh well I'm already pretty healthy I get my greens or oh I don't need it maybe it has other ingredients maybe it's not worth the hype uh, it's too expensive or Maybe you have been going through these excuses time and time again. And let me just tell you something. If you see a greens powder on the market that has more than 20 or 30 servings and it is not, if it's less than $40, $50, $60 even, do not touch it. Don't look at it. It's not great. It's probably been hot pressed. It's not the one for you. Okay. I don't mean to be aggressive here but I'll do a little bit. The greens powder from Organifi is what you need to be consuming. I'm not a medical professional, but I feel like I have some street cred with this. Having the greens juice after my 32 ounces of room time, oh, oh, she's going to start talking about her water again. You know what? Maybe I will, but my skin's never been better. My energy's never been better. My cravings are non-existent. And when I tell you I'm on my period and my cravings are still non-existent, that is real talk. I do the greens powder before coffee, after my hot water, every single morning. I travel with it. I put it in my carry-on. I put it, if I can't fit it in my carry-on, then I will put it in a little baggie and I'll at least have a scoop. And if I've run out of my to-go baggies, then that's what I will do. I prioritize the greens powder constantly. I just emailed my representative over at Organifi and I said, listen, I'm about to fly to San Diego and stock up. I'm going to break into that place and take all of the greens powder. It is that good. It's that 
delicious and important for your overall vitality and longevity. We have adaptogens that are great for keeping your nervous system equalized. It has a ton of your antioxidants and natural minerals, vitamins, and nutrients that we are lacking on a day-to-day basis. It has no added sugars, no BS ingredients, no preservatives, no binders, no fillers. Everything is organic. I take this every single day. And my my whole perspective is if you're going to be consuming something every single day, why don't you want it to be high quality? If it's every once in a while or you're 80-20, that's fine. But if it's something that you're consuming like your coffee, like your smoothies, like your like your oatmeal bowls or your greens juice and your hydration, this is something that you need to be prioritizing the ingredients on. So what we are doing is giving you 20% off at checkout when you go to Organifi.com and use the code HTH. You can go to HTH.com backslash, I'm sorry, you can go to Organifi.com backslash HTH and make sure you are checking out the greens powder. It's the greens powder. You can do the green apple kind. That's the one I'm currently using, but you can't go wrong with the classic as well. Remember in 18 ounces or 20 ounces, I would just do a half a scoop. If you're doing 32 ounces of water, you can do three fourths scoop. Never use a full scoop in one cup of water. Just don't do it. It's too much. It will, it, it, it settles. Don't do it. I'm telling you this as a friend and a loved one. Organifi.com backslash HTH. You can also click on the link in the show notes to get 20% off. Do not miss this deal. You will not regret it and your immune system will thank you. Yeah, but she's adding hot water. I'm adding hot water at night. So you're saying I just don't... It doesn't matter. Okay, but it it doesn't matter. A friend... No, I want... want, Fix a what French I'm press, doing. if you're gonna, and you're make basically you're making it right. I mean, technically, they're di- different it ratios. Right. I mean, we recommend what the Specialty Coffee Association of America recommends, and that is two tablespoons to five to six ounces of water. Okay. Um, which which m- some people say, oh, that's a lot of coffee. Well, it may be, or it might not be enough coffee. Yeah. That's that's for that's you relative. to decide. But when you would make a French press, there, there are two considerations. The grind of the coffee needs to be coarse. A lot of people overgrind their coffee. Mm-hmm. They use what we call an herb mill, those little cylindrical things that were... They make like, it almost like powder. And powder is only good for one thing. Matcha. Espresso. Oh, espresso. Mm. Okay. And any coffee will make an espresso. But those those grinders are very hard to control to get a French press grind, a drip grind, or a pour-over grind. Oh, my God. There's a very limited difference between those three grinds. I have a Mr. Coffee that I can pulse, that I think I can make it really coarse or really, really fine, depending on how. That's a burr grind. So I need to basically make it coarser. You need to make it coarse. Okay. Like what we call coarse sand. I use two terms. Coarse sand is for a French press. Fine sand is for a drip or a pour over. Okay. Powder. If is you espresso. if you use think that you're going to get more coffee when you powder and use it in a pour over, all you're going to do is get a bitter cup of coffee. Okay. Powder is only good for an espresso machine. So essentially, for anyone making a regular yeah. cup of coffee at home with, with you know th- just a basic pour, pick up the lid, pour the water in your run of the mill. That's where you want to have 
not coarse, but not powder. Right in for between. a drip machine. For a drip. Okay. Fine sand. Okay, fine sand. For fine a, sand. For a drip. Fine now, sand. what I'm surprised is that your your boyfriend can drink that coffee that you've let sit in boiling water overnight. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. He he pours about this much of it. I think that's to make it seem like thanks for doing this. And then <laughs> and then he reaches above the cabinet and pulls out instant coffee and mixes that in. So you guys your eyes just got so big. Now let me tell you the difference between Jake and me. Is that he does that and <laughs> I don't and I think I'm doing it right, but clearly I am not. So so so. Let's take a step back and I need direction. At night, I just need to do room temp water over the coffee. Make a make actually just cold. Make a cold make a cold brew. And You'll just put it in it. the fridge? Just let it sit for 12 hours or overnight. Okay, well, that's what I'm doing. Or put it in the fridge. It well, will I'll do that for him. Jake, you're welcome. Try it. Oh, God, I can't keep up. I See, I love, but I I always think, oh, it'll open up the flavors. But I guess it opens up the flavors too much, and then it's bitter, and then I've ruined it. It's Your it's, eyes have, you have yeah. not blinked. You have. <laughs> yeah. I just can't imagine making a French press that way. So he does He does that, and then he, he also... Oh, Jake, you are going to mm, just get, uh, if you listen to this, but he'll, he, he likes a little honey in his coffee too. So he'll open up the jar and th- uh, this is tangent and put a knife in to get a little bit of honey out and pick it up all the way over the stove. And so there's this slime honey line in the morning that I'm like, and it's just gripping the rag that i'm using and i can't he's like i'm up and out bye bye <laughs> okay so here's what we're gonna get your we need therapy. your partner we need to get <laughs> a drip coffee maker that has a timer and you make the coffee the night before you pour in the water you pour he's it. still gonna reach he's still gonna reach yeah he but maybe he'll get enough. it he'll try it once and it'll i'm not waking up at four to make sure he's trying this coffee <laughs> well he'll let you know no he won't well you've not met Jake. or just go do cold like my wife do a cold proof. I think I'm Press. just going to let him. I'm going to just enjoy It'll my work. nice coffee, and hopefully he will, by osmosis, he will absorb some of the benefits. Now, I want to get into you you as a human being, you as a person, and you and your, your ideas behind your business. When I was in Asheville, and Sam gave me a tour of the she gave me a tour of the the production line which i think is so cool it's all in there i mean it's you still have a lot of space you you live on some land and you have some space things are good and i saw the bags and i saw the production and i saw the containers and i and the the climate controlled rooms and all of these things were amazing when she mentioned i i said has he have they ever wanted to you know, blow this brand up and make it huge? Have you ever wanted to grow, be acquired? And she said, they've had the opportunity. She said, they've had the chance, but <laughs> they're really happy with the market and who who they're with and the consistency that it is. What is it like to know that you have the company to where you want it to be right now? Because I have so much respect It's not that easy that. to sell a company because... We yeah. are the company. Yeah. And and no one's going to offer you that much money because what are they going to do? 
to recoup their their investment costs. They're going to have to dramatically. It, I I always think of growing up with wishbone dressing. It was one of the greatest salad dressings when when I was a kid, way back when. And I remember when it got sold. And I don't know if it was sold to Nabisco or whomever. But within six months, it was a different salad dressing. Mm-hmm, and I stopped mm-hmm. buying it. Uh, I think the same thing happened with Archway Cookies in Chicago. They made the best chocolate cookies and the best oatmeal, iced oatmeal cookies. And then oatmeal they, is the superior cookie. I completely agree. Oatmeal raisin. You, you know Archway? No, but oh. I know that. Well, you, anyway. I love it. They were, it was a great cookie. Reasonably priced. The minute they sold, it changed. And I guess I didn't want my brand to go through that type of metamorphosis. I thought that's the worst thing in the world. I'd rather give the company away than degrade the brand. So when it, when it comes that time, I think what we'll probably do is try to leave things alone as much as possible and just figure out a royalty plan. Yeah. I mean, we've, you can always raise prices a little bit and no one's going to freak out. Um, although right now the market is so fluid in both directions. It's, what's the word? Mercurial? <laughs> it's flowable. It's like all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, you're, when you're in the business of grind, buying green beans in quantity, you're, you're at risk um, because I, the way our company is structured, we buy a year's worth of beans uh, pre-season. Yeah. I commit to that container. Got it, got it. A lot of coffee companies that might do 20 or 30 SKUs or flavors of coffee, they're buying it as needed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and they're just, they'll watch the market go up and down, which it does. Sometimes they, they benefit from it, and sometimes they, they're hurt by it. Yeah. Um, the reason we kept the business where it was, and, and Liz will attest to this, we only have three packaged coffees and five bulk coffees. We don't do a lot. I think that the difference will come with the experience of those roasting it. If they, if they want to roast it's, it a certain way, they drink it ice, they drink it hot, they drink it whatever. Um, well... And we only I, do one decaf. You want to talk about process? Just briefly, because there's a lot of, when it comes to decaf, there's the Swiss method, and then there's a more chemical method. Am I right? Methyl what is bromide your, is actually what it is. What is it? Methyl, Methyl bromide? Methyl bromide. It's yeah. very carcinogenic, and it's what all your supermarket decafs or how they're decaffeinated. Not all. I did my research trying to find which one I could go get, and I think that Pete's actually does a Swiss one. Oh. And there's, there is labeling now on a couple. I was in Target the other day, and I was like, fuck it, let's just walk through the coffee aisle. And one of the decaf said water method right. or water press, which I thought was impressive. But it's not saying what's in the water, what type of water, but it's also it's it's just a better for, version it's Basically, of it's an osmosis process yeah. under pressure. And it's, you know, I've, I'm not a chemist, and I've read about it several times, and I still don't entirely understand it. Yeah. But w- what you want to look for is the Swiss have, have branded the Swiss water process. Yeah. There are other water processes. We use, yes. we use a, what's called a royal 
water process. Can you explain, uh, again, high level, what what is the water process? It uses basically just pure water, H2O, under pressure, and it osmoses, if that's a word, (laughs) the caffeine out of the coffee. Okay. Simple as that. Without introducing chemicals. Yeah. The methyl bromide does it chemically. But it's cheaper, it's faster. Oh, it's it's much cheaper. It happens almost instantaneously. Interesting. But methyl bromide is It's like using um, Raid or a citronella candle. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. And, And again, you can find decent decafs, you know, are on the market. They're not inexpensive. But they're water-processed coffees. You know, we prefer using a Central American coffee for our decaf. And I have a lot of people swear that it's not decaffeinated. I still think there's a little bit of caffeine in there. Oh, there's always going to be there's some. A, I mean, maybe maybe you go from 100 milligrams or 60 milligrams to 4 or 5, you know, but it's still. I don't think you can do it entirely. I agree. I mean, maybe you could, but I, I wouldn't know how it would well how it would happen. then you're also you have different processes of testing it and making sure if it needs to go through again all these things but when it comes to the decaf and the process and all that I, I just wanted to take a moment to to hear about that because at, there are so many people who are more interested in decaf now but at what cost and any level of carcinogenic ingredient that you ingest yeah but and here's here's the thing with coffee, people are having coffee every single day. It, this is a drug. It is a, it, we're, it's not, it's like breathing. It's a part of a routine. It has its own culture, subculture, and, and beyond. People will not stop drinking coffee. People will go and spend money at a Starbucks or any other cafe. I used to go to one place in Charleston that had awesome local coffee, loved the place, still love the place. And I would go in and I would get a latte and it would be, I think, $5.99. I go in now, get the exact same thing, less ingredients probably, and it's $7.99 or $8.99. Again, I'm still paying it. I'm still paying it. That's If I buy two cups of those coffees, I would buy that's paying for one bag of this coffee. So price to me is not a thing. If people look at a price of a bag of coffee online, they're like, oh, it's just too expensive. I really don't want to hear it because likely you're, I'm sorry, likely you're spending that money on either two martinis or two cups of coffee out and about when you could be getting a hot tea for $2, but you had your coffee at home. I don't know. I, the money thing just doesn't make sense to me. Look how many cups of coffee you get from a bag of coffee. Yeah. Even if it doubles in value, you're still paying 50 cents, 60 cents for a cup of great coffee. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't. It's, but, you know, I can't deal with the economics of it. I can just try to put out the best, the yeah. best we can at a reasonable price and, Selling a legal drug is the best business to be in. Selling, okay, drinking caffeine only makes you want to drink more caffeine. It, it's <laughs> it, the only reason they sell caffeine is because there is literally no medical need for it. <laughs> there's no medical need for oh, it. Oh, actually, no. well, okay, but but in what I'm saying is people aren't really prescribing coffee. You know, they're not. Oh no. This is not something that is life or death. It's it, but it does have benefits. That's different. And all right, so here's, you know, testing caffeine is one of those real weird yeah. science things. 
But what they have found is that the the benefits of caffeine peak at about 14 ounces. Yeah. And if you drink more than 14 ounces of coffee, you're not going to you it's you're not going to get any of the positive benefits that caffeine has. Mm-hmm. It's cuz it is it is a good antioxidant. Yes. And if it's if it the coffee's made properly and it's a decent coffee, um, th- there are some health benefits. I will also say though, that is with a cup of black coffee. At at most at most turns, you will find someone drinking a cup of coffee with some sort of additive to it. And that is where it becomes, okay, yes, coffee has antioxidants, but is having processed dairy every single morning counteracting that? I think we just want to enjoy a nice cup of coffee. And if it has no pesticides in it, that's where we want to be. That's that's where I think we want to be. really want to freak out? Yeah. Research <laughs> how they make the flavors Oh, for flavored coffees. Strawberry, anal glands of beavers. <laughs> it's real. It, it, the natural flavors are. I think that is the most hilarious. Well, most title. of them aren't natural. But most that's what I'm saying. I think it's so funny. In New Jersey, in this horrific plant. That Give an example. Chemicals. Give us one. Hmm? Give us one. Oh, and any of the the caramel, vanilla, hazelnut. The, mm-hmm. the way that f- those flavors are rendered, the old, now I'm going to say the old process. There, there are a lot of people have, that have gotten, a lot of companies have tried to get more um, organic or natural with how they make flavors. But to, when you, you go into a, a coffee shop, old style coffee shop, and you see those, I think it's Torino is the common brand. Mm-hmm. There's a, you'll see a whole row of bottles it's a red and green label with a pour spout. Oh, I we and those we have are, my old roommates used to buy the bottles from Amazon. Well, <laughs> research how those are made. You'll never drink them again. Well, give us how. Tell me. How? They're, how? It's, it's it's like using the methyl bromide to extract the flavor. Now I'm not going to say it's they use methyl bromide, but they use a chemical process to extract the the flavors from whatever they're extracting. Mm-hmm. And the and. The way it was explained to me is the waste from this process is very toxic. Mm, mm. So if you're going to drink, if you want a flavored coffee or a flavored syrup, get one that's that's produced, you know, with or, some social consciousness. Yeah. There's a brand uh, that I heard of the other day. What is it called? You would know it. It's, oh, Daisy. It's sold at... <laughs> the daily downtown and it's a really beautiful vanilla syrup and i want to say it's called daisy or lucy or something whatever vanilla they use at uh at the daily downtown in charleston is a really good brand and i'll try and find it and put it in the show notes for everyone listening but they they do a really great super high quality small batch there's got to be a way to extract it sure naturally just like you can do the decaffeination naturally I, th- I usually just more stick expensive. with cinnamon or a little nutmeg, little, well, little brown sugar. Cinnamon, that, you just to get a cinnamon stick and put it in your old mill grinder and powderize it. Thank you. That's what I, I just need to get my old or, mill grinder back. Or vanilla Dang bean. <laughs> well, okay, let's, let's take a quick turn. I want to know what it's like to be in business with your spouse. Oh, did uh, we say we were married? <laughs> I didn't know we were married. 
He's like, you're married? What is it like? It's great. We get along really well. How did you all meet? Because when you guys, how long have you been married? Since 89. However long that carry, is. Carry the two. It's that long. Okay. But with with that, that's amazing. You guys still are very affectionate with each other. You're, you were sitting close. You had the hand on the leg. You're very cute together. And I love that so much. That's not something you see a lot. It's really not something you see a lot. And that means, you know, your kids are raised seeing affection and love and care. What's it like to... Or, I'm sorry, how did you first meet? Is that an interesting story? I think it is. It's a, it's, it's a fun story because I had no intention of meeting Liz. When I first moved to Chicago, I was in another business. And my partner at that time and I were very much into uh, physical fitness. And we spent literally six six days a week. Once in a while, we'd take a day off go into the, the club, the Lakeshore Club in Chicago on Fullerton, for those of you out there that know it, it was a great club. Um, was full of firemen and policemen and people that were serious bow, about working out. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, after a workout one day, I was sitting in the, the restaurant, if you can call it that, the, co- the juice bar, and... Um, with a couple friends, and one of the gals said, "Hey, Rick, we're having a party on March, whatever it was, and why don't why don't you come over?" And I'd only been in Chicago by this time. I'd only been there a few months, like three months. And one of the girls was really cute, and I was really interested in maybe dating her. <laughs> so when she when she said, "Come on by the house," I said, "Yeah." She wrote. She wrote both their names and i've still listen i still have the napkin it's framed in one of the bathrooms the napkin oh. that she wrote both their names and the day and the time of the party that's precious which is really kind of neat anyway i show up at the door and there's the gal that i was interested in and she says i want you to meet my boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> and i went oh. you're like i'm out of here r- i can't turn around that would be really lowbrow yeah so i said oh hi how you doing i walked in i said it was a big it was a two flat in uh in chicago on Altgeld, if i remember right good god and um there are probably 80 people there liz at least it was a big it was a big to do i knew no one other than the two gals from the club and just started meandering around and um Liz had been convinced to go to this party by one of her girlfriends. She said, you need to get out. (laughs) That's going to be me. That's going to be me. You should leave the house. (laughs) And uh, we were back in the corner talking, and we both looked at each other, and I said, do you want to get out of here? Just like out of a movie almost. And Liz said, yeah. And um, so we just got in. I had an old Mercedes at the time that was a great Impressive. I was going to say, someone's pulling up and saying, hey, you want to get out of here? And you pull up in a Mercedes. I'm like, uh, no offense, but it, it's different if you pull up in an Impala. And yeah. <laughs> which would oh, be fine. 65 Impala is pretty cool. Anyway, we just took off and started driving around Chicago and talking. And push came to shove. And 
I think a night or two later, I said, I got to cook dinner for you because she had nothing in her refrigerator but popcorn. <laughs> popcorn in the fridge. <laughs> Pop- and a head of lettuce that was brown. Liz's famous brown salad. <laughs> so good. What? Okay, tell me if you were to both give your best relationship advice, what would it be? Well, make sure you're best, best friends with who you're going to marry and be a partner with. Mm-hmm. Because it's gonna, it's, it's just different. You're not. You're gonna spend a lot of time together, um, and you're gonna spend a lot of time apart. So you got to be comfortable with both, both sides of that relationship. I love that. What about you, Liz? I want to say it's important to listen to each other, and I think the biggest thing for us in our starting off together, and especially getting this business going, was to support each other because we went to Costa Rica for a month with an 18-month-old and a three-year-old. I, as a new mom, really was just, you know, winging it along the way and and then going there and not knowing what we were doing. Um, I, I believed in my guy, mm. and I believed he had something that we could we could work at together. Um, and, and, and I think a lot of that um, supported each of us on, on making this journey happen. Mm-hmm. I love that. You trusted in each other, not just not just with faith or being faithful, but you trusted each other's vision, and you had a clear vision for what that future. She didn't would have look. a choice in Costa Rica. We were in the middle of nowhere. Not- a guy picks you up in a Mercedes and says, "Hey, let's have a kid and go to Costa Rica for a month." Oh. I'm in. <laughs> in Costa Rica, we were in a Hyundai, <laughs> or as they say down there, a Hyundai. Um, going places we had no idea where we were. Yeah. Back then, in the '90s. There were no road signs in Costa Rica. You either knew where you were or you were lost. Yeah. Amazing. We did get lost. And we, we got lost a lot. As you should. Anyway. I think that what you guys have built is so entertaining and fabulous and grounded and cool. And I really appreciate you all, you know, letting us into the home the home this weekend and mm-hmm. keeping with your vision raising two really cool badass children who are fully self-aware emotionally intelligent funny and overall good people <laughs> well, thank the, you. like our twins and <laughs> but either way before we leave where where's the best place for people to support shade raised organic would All it right. be online I, I, I just want to say one thing i want everyone if they're interested to Look into Hacienda La Amistad, just like it sounds. That's the farm. It has its own website. It's it's recognized by the Smithsonian really? for years as a bird destina- a birding destination. It's it is a phenomenal place to visit for those people that can take the time and make the trip down there because it is it is a, it is a hike. It's not easy. It's, yeah. But it's it, it's accessible now. It, it used to not be accessible. Got it. Without a, a big vehicle. I'll put that website in the show notes yeah. too. And, and, you know, we're at shaderaised.com. It's just like it sounds. And, and we want to, I thought we'd extend uh, to your listeners if they want to enter in a little contest. And you can yeah. pick, a, pick a number out of the hat. We'll... Um, We'll do a, like a three-pack of our retail package, the Costa Rican, the Mountain Blend, 
and the New Crop Cameroon, which is a pretty impressive coffee if you like an African coffee. Oh. And we'll throw in some uh, mango and banana oh to boot. Oh, my gosh. Y'all, it's crack. And then the other thing we wanted to do is, for your listeners, is I think we know a way to put a code on our website. <laughs> and we're going to call it ELIZA, right? Okay, and anyone that uses it. the code ELIZA, and we'll do it in small caps, all small caps. All lowercase. And all, yeah, small caps, okay. lowercase. <laughs> coffee's, wearing, coffee's wearing off. Um, okay, lowercase ELIZA for 10% and off. And for 10% off an order. At Shade Raised Organic. And Shade it's Raised. the holidays, it's November. No, ShadeRaised.com. ShadeRaised.com. That's the website. ShadeRaised.com. The brand is SRO, Shade Raised Organic. But the website is Shade Raised, with a D as in David, dot com. I have never tasted mango or banana. I walked into your house and Sam literally said, oh, got to fill this back up. And I looked down and it was, the Tupperware was gone. And I was like, oh, so sorry, girl. <laughs> you let me into this home and you're having us over for the weekend. Well, and real I briefly, that banana your- is grown at La Mistad. Uh, it's one of the shade crops. It is insane. It is it is heirloom varieties of banana that you will never find in the supermarket. Um, their flavor profile is spectacular. I, I, I've never tasted anything like it. They are, they're perfect for road trips, for travel, for yeah. children, for trail mix, for hiking, for working out, pre, post-workout. I've, it is the best dried fruit I have ever had in my entire life, hands down, bar none, no question, no exaggeration. Thank you. Um Thank you so much, and make sure you all are using the code ELIZA to support Shade Raised for the holidays. It's a great gift. The packaging is chic and beautiful. The green one is my favorite. But we're going to be choosing three winners. I think that'd be good to choose three wieners and... (laughs) Where's your head, girl? We just... We just got sucked in. Three winners, and we're going to choose three winners. All you have to do is make sure you follow Shade Raised on Instagram. I'll put it all in the show show notes. Follow Hotter Than Health Podcast, and uh, make sure you take a screenshot of listening to this episode, share it on your social media, and then you'll be entered in to win. That's all you have to do, and you will win a bag of this coffee and or dried mango and I'm just so excited for this giveaway this is perfect timing especially if you're going somewhere for the holidays don't be an asshole and show up with nothing don't show up not bring anything to the holidays if you're being hosted you bring something okay (laughs) thank you so much Rick and Liz for being here and thank you Sam for setting everything up y'all this has been great we got two dogs five human four humans well let's go have some lunch (laughs) it's been great Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Hotter Than Health. I know you all loved it. And thank you, Rick and Shade Raised Organic, for coming on and giving us all of the best details and the best giveaway. Remember, three lucky winners will be selected and all before Christmas time. We're going to do this in the middle of December, so you have plenty of time. Take a screenshot of listening to this episode. Tag Shade Raised, S-R-O, and Hotter Than Health on Instagram. Let us know that you're listening. And of course, make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcast or following on Spotify. It is the greatest way to show your support for the podcast. That's all I really want for Christmas. But if you are entered into win, if you are one of the three lucky winners, you will win three bags of coffee, three big old fat, organic, amazing, delicious bags of coffee 
and a bag of fruit. And this is something you can bring to someone's house that is hosting you. This is something you can enjoy throughout the season. You can make a cup for someone else. Be kind. Rewind. Thank you so much for listening. And of course, like, subscribe, share this episode, and we will talk to you next week.